Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today we are joined by Mindy Friedler of FIA. FIA, which reflects the owner's love of wood fire, bread, and baking, opened quietly in June at 5419 North Clark and is a melting pot of Israeli cuisine with influences from the Middle East, Europe, and the Mediterranean. Welcome, Mindy. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? We are good. Um, Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today via Zoom. It's so good to see you even over the interwaves. (laughs) Um, So we always like to start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay. Well, I'm a relative latecomer to the restaurant industry. I had been, I went to law school. I'd been a lawyer. Then I did a lot of law-related things, law for management, consulting, um, recruiting, and my husband, Mark, who's my partner, Mark Byers, who's not on the call today, um, had always been in food-related interests, and um, at one point, he was opening something, and I was kind of in between things, really hating what I was doing, so that was maybe 2002, and he's like, well, why don't you just come in and help while you're figuring out what to do? So... That's what I did. And now, 18 years later, that's where I've stayed. (laughs) So I'd always been interested. I'd waitressed as a kid and done food, but in terms of restaurant owning, it's been since about 2002. Well, Faya took on um, the old Jerry space. So you did a rebranding and reconcepting of that space. Um, And that the news of Jerry's closing came about in late February, early March of this year. Why did you decide to close and remodel completely? And how did you go about deciding on this new restaurant concept? Well, you know, we've been thinking for the last couple of years, especially since we opened the Jerry's in Lincoln Square, which is, I don't know, a mile and a half away, that it, we didn't probably need two of the same restaurants so close to one another. Um, although they are certainly different neighborhoods and different different clientele, we realized after a while they were probably both cannibalizing one another, especially in terms of delivery. Um, They both had patios. And over time, we just came to realize that the Jerry's concept seemed to be a little bit better a fit for Lincoln Square. So then we started thinking about what we wanted to do um, at Andersonville. We came up with different ideas. It's always kind of a struggle. I'm always the more cautious, like, let's just remodel a little and we'll update the menu and, you know, we'll just do some things. And Mark's always kind of more marching ahead. So, so we'd had the thought to do something. And then um, a couple years ago, our daughter moved to Israel and we went to visit her and we both just fell in love with the food scene in Israel. It was just fun and it was exciting, but it had this sort of casual element to it. And, you know, Mark first, me kind of dragged kicking along, um, started to think like, we could do this. It's not so different from what we're doing. We can do this. So we started thinking about that. So that was maybe two years ago. And over time, just developed that idea. And once we started to know what we wanted to do, then everything followed. We knew we needed a wood-burning oven, so the remodel sort of was built around that. So that was sort of our process. 
And can you tell us a little bit more about the restaurant and how you put together the menu and um, why you chose the specific placement for the wood burning oven, uh, which is central to the restaurant's design? And if you, if for folks who are listening who haven't been in yet, can you just tell them kind of where the oven's situated? Yeah, so we had a middle section in the restaurant, the whole middle section that had been booths and tables and a fireplace. And we had always thought that that section, although people like sitting there, kind of chopped up the room. So that was one thought is that maybe we want to get rid of that, make the room a little more open. Then um, these wood burning ovens are monsters. There's only so many places in a restaurant you can really put them. Um, when our designer came in, she sort of started thinking, and, and we knew we wanted the inside to be kind of this fun party atmosphere. So we knew we wanted to be able to see people around the oven. And, you know, like any restaurant owner, we didn't have an unlimited budget. So we wanted to keep as much of as we could. So then it just became clear that made sense for the oven, which is kind of close to our old kitchen door. And then we built around the oven seating on one side, kind of lower seating and on the other side, higher countertop seating. So people could sit and watch the chefs and it would be a little bit more of a show. And then sort of fortuitously, it turned out that the opening for the fireplace was exactly where the opening needed to be for the wood burning oven. So we didn't have to rearrange that. So then we created, um, this lighting there's like hanging lights and lanterns and one of the things that i wanted to do if you go to israel particularly to tel aviv and and to yapo um everything's kind of outside like when people said what are the restaurants like inside it's like i don't know we never went inside it's this very outside party element so we wanted to bring that inside so even in the winter even if you're sitting inside you would just feel that you had this kind of open area. Can you talk more about the, the vibrant blue color that is used throughout the space? Yes, that was purely our designer's pick. We really didn't know. And then the minute she picked it, we're like, yep, that's it. Because it just had this, you know, it had this feel of kind of the ocean and of outside, but there was a certain blue that's, kind of a cliched Mediterranean Greek restaurant blue. We knew we didn't want that blue, but we didn't know exactly which blue we did want. So um, we've worked with this designer before. She built the additional Anderson and she's always got someplace in her mind where the restaurant's going, what it's gonna look like at the end. I'm always like, yeah, I have no idea, but I'll believe it when I see it. So we sort of started with that color, the other colors, built around it, we kept, you know, we kept some of what was there. As I said, we tried to keep what we could of Jerry's, um, the old Jerry's design, but still have the place look new and different. So for example, we have light fixtures on the one side that used to have old beer bottles on them, which made sense for Jerry's, didn't really make sense for Faya. So we just took out the old beer bottles and now they're these like white frosted glass bottles, which gave them a whole different look. And um, Mindy, can you tell us about some of your favorite menu items for Faya? I can. Um, first of all, our hummus is amazing. And it's funny because we hired a chef from Israel and at first he's like, 
I don't want to do hummus. That's too cliche. I'm not doing hummus. Like, no, you really have to do hummus. Like people are going to love hummus. And now he's made this hummus and it's amazing. It's great. And we, we make our own pita. Um, one of our old, somebody who's been with us for a very long time, um, one of our old cooks comes in every morning at like 4 a.m. and makes pita. He just comes in, makes it all. So that's great. Um, I really, you know, I think the most fun thing for a lot of people are um, the salad team, which are all the little salads. So you get this great variety and fresh pita. Um, I really love, we do a whole roast cauliflower, which is a great thing and fun. I think people really like it. You know, it's a, it's a menu that's designed to be shared for everybody, which is a little weird in this time of COVID, but it seems to be okay. Cause, partly because groups are smaller anyway and their family, they tend to be people that are their own pods anyway. So it sort of worked out. Um, so, you know, those are some of my favorites. You know, we, we kept, you know, we knew there were people who were like, well, we miss Jerry's. We want our Jerry's. So we kept some sandwiches, different sandwiches, but at least you can still come and get a sandwich. And then how does the woodworking oven kind of incorporate itself like throughout like a service time? Um, well, right now, um, a good percentage of our menu comes from there. Um, the, the, we do a, a whole chicken, we do fish, um, two of our desserts come from out of there. So a lot of food's coming from there. Unfortunately, because of the restrictions during phase four, we can't really seat people around it. Our hope is that someday, well, we can seat people at the lower level, but most people right now are sitting outside. Um, but we are hoping that it'll become this very vibrant part of the seating, you know, people, you know, it's kind of a show. You sit there, sort of like watching a sushi chef. You sit there and they're bringing the things in and out of the oven. We'll see, maybe in the fall, we'll be able to do a little more with that. Yeah, and you touched on, you know, obviously the restrictions, but what has it been like to open a business and reconcept Jerry's at this time during COVID-19? And what protocols have you put in place to keep patrons and staff safe? Okay, well, it's been kind of a, for us, not that anybody lucks out during this time, but we had closed the first week of February anyway, and we're planning to be closed for a couple months. So, you know, we'd worked out a nice deal. We have a very good landlord. We'd worked out a deal there. So that part of it actually worked out. And then when it was time to reopen, as far as restaurants go, we were in a pretty good position. We have a huge outside, which even without moving a lot of tables, um, we could stay distanced. Uh, it's always been our philosophy in our restaurants and seating to not pile the tables together. We like to have a little distance, so that part was easy. We were also lucky our doors open, our front opens. So during every phase, we've been pretty much able to do the max of whatever is allowed. So on that part, uh, it's not great, but uh, you know, it's, it's weird. It's hard for everybody. I think as far as restaurants go, we've been, in, we've been sort of lucky. Um, in terms of what we're doing for safety, um, we did you know, obviously remove several tables. There's area, everything is six feet apart. We're very careful if, if even 
if the tables are technically apart, we won't seat certain tables if we know just because of the way people have positioned themselves. It's kind of like a giant game of Tetris. You just keep moving chairs to make sure everybody's six feet apart. Um, we sanitize everything. We've switched to a QR code menu so people don't have to touch the menus. They're there for the occasional person who can't quite figure out how to download the menu, but we've done that. Um, we're taking everybody, all our staff's temperature every day. Um, we definitely upped our overall cleaning and sanitation. We've given everybody lots of talks on what we're doing. You know, we're following all the guidelines. You know, it's, it's not an easy time to be running a restaurant. Um, we started out not doing table service. We were having people order at the bar because, which was what we're doing in Lincoln Square. It seemed a little safer here. We've realized getting people out onto the patio to seat eases up the congestion. So we're back to table service. Um, you know, our staff's all wearing masks all the time. Um, we encourage, you know, obviously customers all have to wear masks when they come in. Even when they sit down, we encourage them to wear them when they're interacting with staff. You know, we've limited party size. You know, we've done everything we're supposed to do. Plus, I think we've done a little more. Yeah, it certainly sounds um, very safe and like a good experience to come there. Um, and we're just curious, how has the reception so far in the last month been from the neighborhood? You know, it's been very good. And, you know, most people have been very positive. You know, we have really not gotten, you know, people are enthusiastic about the food. It used to be, especially at the end of Jerry's time there, when somebody would say, are you the owner? I'd always be like, yeah, I don't really think I want to tell you I'm the owner because I knew they were just going to tell me something wrong was wrong. Now people are excited. They love the food. Also, I think by now people are just happy to get out of their house, so <laughs> they're a little nicer. Um, we've been really surprised. Um, I don't know, maybe I just didn't know this, that there's just been a huge Israeli influx community that comes in. Um, we've had a couple people like go to our chef and cry, say like, this is just, it sort of reminds me of home. <laughs> and like a young couple the other day I was talking to and he said, yeah, I was raised in Israel. He said, you know, these kind of places are always opening and I get my hopes up and then they're no good. He said, so I came here before I brought my parents, but now I can bring my parents. So, um, so I think it's been good. You know, there, we have the people who, you know, well, we miss Jerry's. So I'm like, well, yeah, just go up a mile up the road. And you can find it. So. And have you noticed a favorite customer item on the menu so far besides that fabulous hummus? Um, well, here's the thing. This is what we know, and we knew this from Jerry's. The customer favorite items are the staff favorite items because that's what they'll push. So definitely the roast cauliflower. That's been one of the most popular. Um, the uh, the kachapuri, which is sort of this bread boat, that's been very popular. Um, I think everybody starts with the salad team, which are these selection of little salads. Everybody does that. Um, I think the, the uh, chicken schnitzel sandwich has been very popular. Um, so those are some of the favorites. And Jerry's was always known for its extensive um, beer 
menu? What do what are the drink selections like at Faya? Well, we've kept the beer. We still have Nick, who's been our beer buyer. So we've still got a great beer menu. For the first time in any of the restaurants we've opened, we've let Nick go beyond American craft beer to bring in some European and Belgian beers. Um, the big difference here is, yeah, we were always beer. Um, the big difference here is our cocktail program has just taken off. This seems to be either the clientele or uh, the food that we've really seen much more cocktail, less beer. Um, Mark, who's our wine buyer, decided we would go with a natural wine program and that's really taken off. So I think that's one big difference between Jerry's. We definitely seem to be more cocktail and wine than beer. Can you tell us about maybe some of the favorite cocktails that are yeah. out there and what they are like or include or how they kind of take on this Mediterranean twist a bit? So we've tried to do, you know, a lot of them are just kind of variations. Um, so we're doing a um, mango mezcal margarita. So it's got a little bit of all sorts of flavors. The mango, it's a little spicy. We're doing um, an Arak um, berry punch. Arak is this licorice flavored um, liqueur that's very popular in Israel. So we're doing that. We're doing a ginger gin and tonic. So we've just tried to bring, there's a little more sort of herbly notes to some of them um, than you would, that we might've seen in our old cocktails. Uh, we've also got um, some non-alcoholic uh, sodas that we've created called gazos, which are kind of fresh fruit and all these lively flavors. So those have been a lot of fun. I know we kind of talked about the patio already, and I think you're, you know, in such a great situation there where you have a very large, beautiful patio. Have you done any updates to the landscaping there? I know I noticed in a photo that the umbrellas, I believe, are different colors now, but curious if there's any other changes we should look for. Then no, because we have, we have somebody who comes in and does the planting and for whatever reason, that patio, everything grows. Like she'll plant the same thing in Lincoln Square and it doesn't grow at all. We plant it back there and it's crazy. But yes, we definitely upgraded our umbrella selection. Thank you for noticing. So we have these very vibrant umbrellas out there. And you know, this is what you learn about people in Chicago. They wanna sit outside as long as it's almost exactly like sitting inside. There's no sun, there's no rain, there's no wind. So. So we've put more umbrellas so that more people are getting shade. That's amazing. And what does your daughter think of this new space and, and this concept that was, that was created based on a visit? Um, she loves it. She, she just came home like two weeks ago. She was supposed to come home a, a couple, maybe a month or so ago, but her plane got canceled with COVID, but she's home now. And Yes, she loves it. She, she loves a lot of the dishes. She like, thinks it's very authentic. And, you know, we were definitely going for a particular type of, of feel, you know, a kind of a neighborhood. We, it was important to us that the same people who came to Jerry's could still come. Could, you know, if you just wanted to sit at the bar and have a beer and a sandwich, you could do it. That if you wanted to come you know, with the family, or someday maybe with a big group, you could do it. So I, she's been, I think, pleasantly surprised and pleased with what we've done. 
That's really great. And I'm so glad to hear that she's home safely now as well. Um, so Minnie, we always like to end our interviews with a similar question. Maybe you're aware. And um, we ask our guests, if you could trade places with an Andersonville business for a day, who would it be? Oh, that's a good question. I'd probably trade with the wine store across the street so that I could solve all of my Father's Day, Mark birthday, and anniversary presents all at one time. That's a good answer. Have we had Infine Spirits before? As a, I, I feel like maybe there's been one one person, one or two who have said they would trade with Jaren at Infine Spirits, but I can't recall off the top of my head who it was. Um, but yes, that's a great answer. <laughs> we'll definitely let Jaren know. Okay. Well, they come in, so we like them. They're our friends. You know, to us, everybody's got to do well in the neighborhood for us to do well. That's what it means to be a neighborhood restaurant. So, And can you tell our listeners a little bit about your open hours, how people can visit you, how they can order online for pickup or delivery? How does that all work? Yes. So we're open um, every night until nine, although I think we'll stay open a little later in the kitchen. Um, we're closed all day Tuesday, and then we're open for lunch on Friday at noon, and last week we launched brunch. So we're open for brunch Saturday and Sunday, starting at noon, and then the kitchen closes every night at nine, but we're, I think as, as we develop, we'll keep that open a little later. Um, we aren't doing delivery yet. We started, and then it was like too complicated, so we'll probably start delivery, but um, we do carry out. You can either just call us or if you go to our website, we have online ordering, um, not through Grubhub, but just through our website. Um, you know, the big question is, do we take reservations? The answer is kind of. We take limited reservations for inside. We don't take them at all for outside. We'll note a preference, but no promises. And Chicago, Chicago is comprised of a lot of brunch fans. Can you talk just briefly about the brunch menu and how that differs from the, the regular day-to-day -day menu? Yes. So there's a couple carryovers. The big thing we're doing at brunch, because it's something we kind of fell in love with in Israel, is called a breakfast for two. But it's really just a shared breakfast. So it's a big tray and you get... Um, like fresh cheeses and little salads. We're doing a gravlax, secured lox. We make our own labanet, which is a, a kind of cheese made out of yogurt. Um, we have fresh baked goods from our great baker over at Jerry's. So we have scone and muffins, fresh pita, and then you get an omelet with it. So it's just a really fun thing. It's a big tray of lots of little things that you can share with however many people. So we're doing that. And then we're doing some traditional things. We're doing shakshuka, just kind of an egg and tomato. Um, again, we have a couple sandwiches. Um, we're doing a Yemenite pancake called lahuk, which is, I don't know, these really delicious little pancakes. And then one of my favorite things, and again, my husband and I are always butchering the pronunciations of these names because neither one of us speaks Hebrew. So. If anybody's out there listening who knows how these things are really pronounced, I apologize. Um, but there's something called um, kubinate, which is this monkey bread, and it's really delicious. We make it fresh every day, you pull it apart. So that's one of my favorites. 
Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And we were all very, very surprised when we heard about the, the concept. Um, I know a lot of us thought that another Geraldine's Bakery was going to open. And that was a rumor for a while that we kind of had had internally. Um, but, you know, we, w- we wish you nothing but the best. And the restaurant is beautiful. And it is it, the, the vibrant blue color is, um, is breathtaking. And Joelle, we were walking by one day and Joelle had spotted, you know, the same color blue car, like right outside the restaurant. And it was just like this perfect image. So, um, so congratulations. Thank you. And yes. Congrats. And thank you for making us super hungry. As we <laughs> we're all and now we're going to have to go try the hummus. Okay. Um, so thank you, Mindy, for being here. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about FIA, please visit FIARestaurant.com. Show notes on today's episode can be found at Andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce and currently recorded via Zoom. We thank you for your listenership. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. We are also actively looking for podcast sponsors to sustain our production. Please email us at info at for more information. Thank you for your continued support, for staying active in our community, and for staying always Andersonville.